filmography is back, and just in time for Halloween season, we're taking a deep dive into the master of horror, John Carpenter. Starting September 27th, host Dominic Suzanne Mayer and a rotating panel of guests will break down each of Carpenter's 20 feature-length movies to date, with new episodes every Thursday. Grab your synthesizer, your flares, and your best Shatner mask, and come along on this latest journey with us. Consequence Podcast Network. From the bonus cells of Smith's Grove Sanitarium to the bonus streets of Haddonfield, Illinois, we are Halloweenies. Bonus! That's right. Uh, Trick or treat, everybody. This is... (laughs) Justin Gerber here at the old Smith's Grove Sanitarium. It's cold. It's really cold here. They don't uh, have heat on during the wintertime, which is why people probably continue to be crazy. Yeah, and unlike uh, the Halloween films, Smith's Grove actually does take place in Illinois, so it's cold. True. Who are you again? This is Michael Myers Rothman. That's right. As you heard from our hilarious intro, (laughs) this is a bonus episode of Halloweenies. We're very excited to bring to you two interviews with two of the composers of the new David Gordon Green Halloween film. Those two people are Daniel Davies, who's been a part of John Carpenter's band for a few years now. Oh, yeah. And the man himself. The master of horror. We got John Carpenter. Oh, yeah. And Mike, you want to tell us a little bit about these interviews that we're going to hear? These are some exciting interviews. Uh, Daniel Davies actually has a new solo album that he's going to be talking about in addition to his work on Halloween the score. So this is a busy, busy fall for Daniel Davies. That solo album is Event Score, which kind of sounds like lost themes in a way. It's maybe he got some uh, ideas from his uh, mentor, John Carpenter himself. And of course, John Carpenter is going to be talking about, God, the new score, mm-hmm. the new film, mm. his entire career. Mm. I'm, uh, I'm actually joined by film editor Dominic Suzanne Mayer, who's been hosting filmography for us on the Consequence Podcast Network. And right now he's actually going on a deep dive himself through all of John Carpenter's movies. Uh, and Justin, you were on one. I sure was, Mike. I was on the very first episode in which we covered the terrific Dark Star, the uh, masterpiece, The Thing, the film Village of the Damned, and the other film Ghost of Mars. And those are films. They are all four absolutely MPAA approved. Yeah, I guess so. Anyway, <laughs> we're going to be talking about the new film, rest assured, mm-hmm. because we are seeing it this week. And very, yeah, very exciting times. We're going to have a whole dissection. And we do apologize because we were supposed to be talking about Rob Zombie's movies by now. Well, there, this is actually going to be a bonus for everybody because when you think about it, you're getting a lot more. Oh, yeah. You're going to get more episodes, period. So mm-hmm. if you're off of Facebook for various political reasons, let me fill you in what, what the big announcement was. For October, instead of doing the, the one episode on the Rob Zombie movies and then the one episode on Hallow Green, as we like to call it, October we're going to be doing David Gordon Green's Halloween. We're going to be seeing it this next week. So mm-hmm. you'll see that episode shortly after the film is released. We're mm-hmm. going to obviously let everybody see it before we post an episode. Because we're going to be carving that pumpkin in and out. There'll be no, there, there will going to be seeds left no. at this point. Okay? No. And so then, because people, people want it, because we're the Legend for Punishment, November, we'll see us covering Rob Zombie's Halloween. And then, I've heard of Trick or Treat, but Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy Hanukkah, Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 will be our full episode for December. So we're going to have an episode... Uh, 
a month for the entire year except for obviously what january and let's just say we might have some uh you know little tricks and treats mm. or maybe some holiday treats because oh. that'll probably be around the holidays by then yes it'll surround these episodes so lots of lots of halloween uh, to continue into uh santa season you'll so. know that you're getting closer to these episodes when you start seeing that red decor at starbucks oh yes yes i don't really like the the christmas era of uh, Starbucks era. Really? The era. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> pumpkin spice thing. lattes become these little minty things. It just pisses me off. Well, I disagree 100%. I think they taste terrific. Well, agree to disagree, but agree we'll agree to, disagree, to this. But we'll agree on one thing. What? Let's talk to Daniel Davies. Let's do it. album event score was this birthed from the last theme sessions of yeah um it's exactly that yeah um yeah, yeah well we were working we had finished a tour and i thought well you know i love working with other people but i want something that says what i want to say mm-hmm. you know and it started in two different ways i had ideas like visual ideas of movies mm-hmm. and then also you do a lot of work that doesn't go in things you know, you have things for a video game or a movie that you're up for that you don't get or different things. And I start going through all this material and realize that it's all material that has been directed by what it's what it was meant for. Yeah. Where I wanted to make something that was just meant for whatever I wanted it to be. Yeah. Um, right when Lost Themes came out, it seemed like there started to be a new appreciation for instrumental synth score music. Yeah. And I just love doing it. So I thought, well, I want to make my own album. Well, it's interesting because this album, the conception of it was very similar to Lost Themes in the sense that it's themes for a movie that doesn't exist. Right. But you had, at one point, you did want to have some sort of science fiction film. I mean, you, you came into this with like right. a story in mind. And I, I wanted to know like what prompted that? What was the story? And what were kind of some of those brainstorming sessions that you had been going into to, and did any tangible narrative come out of it whatsoever? Well, <laughs> narrative per song, but not overall. Like, oh, okay. It, uh, but maybe it does too. It, I don't know if I could, I originally I had talked to a friend of mine and he also loves science fiction movies and mm-hmm. stuff. And we were, we're talking like, oh, we should. I don't know. We were talking about some movie that we didn't like and thought that there needs to be some new sci fi. And he said, we should write a sci fi movie. And then I thought about it and I was like, well, I don't, I don't know how to write a screenplay, but I know how to make music. So I'll just make an album. And then, you know, I would think about, well, what's the environment? What's the tone that I want to set for this? And then I would start writing something and think about a visual of, I don't know, a a ship breaking through space and different sci-fi books and movies. They just start pouring in, Mm -hmm. you know, and then I think this is the music that accompany that, you know, or this is the music that can create your visual for it. You know, which is very the DNA for Lost Themes, which is the idea that you just kind of create these movies in your mind a little bit, and which is freeing in a way because it's you know right because that's what I do when yeah. I listen to soundtrack music because soundtrack like a soundtrack is interesting because you're thinking you're reliving the movie. Mm-hmm. It's not that interesting on its own. I, I don't think 
maybe in some ways it is because it's it's there to support the picture. But in this case, you can do a little bit more. You can have more changes and more themes throughout a song because there's no dialogue. Mm-hmm. You know, the scenes don't change. It can go as long or as short as you want. So that freedom is, that's the idea is to have that freedom. I love scoring to picture, but I also want to be able to tell the story that I want to tell. some of your favorite science fiction films growing up and did any of them inform some of the sounds in this album well my favorite stuff my favorite sci-fi movie is the day the earth stood still oh god uh the old one and i love those old sci and i love the invisible man but not that my album has sounds anything like bernard herman but (laughs) uh i love i love that stuff um because it it's just so interesting and uh, unique for the time, I guess. And then I, you know, I love all the Tangerine Dream stuff and mm. Clockwork Orange. And Wendy Carlos is amazing. Oh yeah, um, her stuff. I mean, from the the seventies alone, this was very forward thinking and just so different and so unique. It just sounded so just out of this world. And even now, I mean, it's it's so interesting that you could listen to a lot of electronic music from like the nineties and even the eighties and they feel very of that time, but there, I do feel like there's right. something about a lot of electronic music of the seventies that just leaps ahead, especially her work. It's just so right. And then know. now that time is going by because the synth now has been around a while, mm-hmm. it's not becoming retro anymore. Yeah. It's becoming just this, a part of, the sound no I mean, it is it's like the narrative music right now i mean like the throwback to the 80s has now outlasted the 80s by about 10 years i feel like the nostalgia for the 80s has been going on for like 20 years now and it's bizarre in a way and a lot of the things that were vintage and were considered nostalgic per se are just kind of the current thing (laughs) you know it's like just part of our language now and i didn't really think about that part of the language which i guess is why it makes sense that nostalgia has overtaken everything in terms of like science fiction itself though what is it about the genre that really connects with you you can comment on society it makes you think more critically about how the world is Mm -hmm. and it's but it's not so obvious you know yeah Um, that's what i love about it we live in a regular world and I watch a movie about the regular world. It's not that exciting. You know, mm. I want to go somewhere. Going into this album, I had read that you got really into the BBC Radiophonic Workshops and Sedona music. You know, what drew you to those sounds? Well, I think, well, working alone, you can take a lot of time to mm-hmm. manipulate synths and uh, you don't feel any pressure to try and come up with a sound fast and can really take the time to think about uh, trying to make the sound that I can hear um, in, my mo- in my head. So... 
I think a lot of times too, you start getting kind of focused on, you, you get there's so much great stuff you can do with the computer now that it, it starts all kind of getting locked into the kind of, into the grid system. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I wanted to just try and get away from that and just in a way use synth to sound a little bit more natural. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, no, that makes sense. So, you know, that was the kind of idea and just a couple things that I have gotten that I like and just like the sounds of and not make it retro though. Yeah. Just make it current. Well, I I know that for a while, Jeff Mangum from uh, Neutral Milk Hotel, he was, uh, (laughs) I think after he had, done his magnum opuses uh he was like all right well, i want to go you know sconed away and then i remember reading reports about him like just recording various sounds across the the world and when i saw that with the the radiophonic workshop the, the incidental music itself like it made me wonder like are you are you a collector of found sounds um i have been lately uh i've been experimenting with sampling and pitching and i do that a lot mm-hmm. um on the record i do some of that with the they call the percussion and all that. That's all, you know, hitting sticks on the carpet and yeah. then pitching it and distorting it and all that kind of stuff to kind of make the sounds sound unique to me instead of just using uh, typing sticks into the computer and then see what comes up, you know. Yeah. Because uh, I enjoy that because I get a, I like that. Yeah. I like searching. I, I like trying to find something different. We actually wound up doing that on on the Halloween scores. Uh, so I would play a bow guitar and then sample that. And then John would play it on the keyboard. So I did some of that stuff on event score and then brought that over. So creating my own samples or sampling the move that's monophonic and then playing it poly in the computer. So trying to have a nice blend of using analog digital sense with the digital computer, you know, were you uh were you alone through the, the, this whole composition or did you have other people that you were for event with? score yeah yeah I was all alone and then but for mixing I gave it to John Spiker to mix oh nice because by that time I don't know what a by the end I didn't even know what I was listening like I couldn't <laughs> mix it it's too much it's, it's just too much for one person to do and yeah you lose start losing perspective a little bit so uh i would be i would just i think this is done and send it to him and then i would listen like that's that's done yeah yeah it's kind of like when you like repeat your name or like a word over and over again and it's just like you're like what the hell is this this is a word like it's just you've heard it so many times and And i think you do need to have somebody to say like something to you about it yeah you know need some someone to bounce the idea off eventually you know did you have to go back a lot at all, or did, did when you went to, once you were done, he was kind of like, "Well, I got this." You know, it was pretty done at that point. That's yeah, good. That's I don't think I went back. Well, this is like an exciting time for you right now. I mean, like you've you got this new album. You're about to go into arguably the most exciting soundtrack, I think, this year. Do you feel the energy right now, or is it kind of just, are you just kind of just going with the motions? Um, yeah, it feels good. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know for Halloween, I didn't, I didn't know that the response would be so big. Yeah. Because, I don't know, you're just in a room and you're hanging out and you're just working <laughs> and you don't really think about it. And I think a lot of the times John maybe did, 
realize it too until we started going on tour and mm-hmm. when we started touring doing all of john's themes and stuff we could really see you know we do the meet and greets and you see people's reactions and uh it's great i think because for filmmakers they put out a movie and then they just sit at home and watch and nothing happened i mean nothing really happens mm-hmm. like but when you play a show you have that interaction and you can see how it affects people and it was pretty interesting it was really cool really cool to be a part of all that so now cody and i get to be a part of that even more so writing the score and working with david gordon green and it's been amazing you're working with one of the most important auteurs in in electronic music and also in filmmaking and and he seems so laid back (laughs) What's he like in the studio? Is is that that laid back approach also, or is he does he get very like like hands on at all? Well, it's laid back and hands on. I mean, it's yeah. both of those things. Yeah. Uh, it's laid back. I mean, you just I don't know. You just start and then it's done. I, I don't. Really, there's not really. <laughs> there's not a lot of you know laboring over what to do. You just kind of you know. I think the, the main job for me and Cody was to. I wanted to. I worked a lot on presenting sounds. Yeah and creating some sounds for him. Cause I know that once the ideas just start coming, you have to be ready to capture that. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, he just sits down at the keyboard and it sounds like John Carpenter. Yeah. So there, there's not really any major thought behind it. It just happens. That's just how he approaches it. And then, you know, we would talk about it. He'd be like this, we had a sound that a certain sound for something, uh, like I want something really sharp sounding here or something that sounds like a shotgun. And I'm like, okay, then I have to think about how to, how are we going to make that? And then other times he's like, okay, Daniel, we need something for this. So get something for that. And Cody come up with something for this. And then we sit down and we work on it. And you know, it was interesting. It was different than when we did lost themes because well, obviously it's to a movie, but then it almost was like suddenly we would, we would start and then five hours would have gone by. Oh, wow. And then we're like, okay, we're done. We're on, <laughs> yeah. we're done for the day. Yeah. <laughs> and then it was almost like a stream of consciousness in a way. Um, it was a lot of fun. And, but also there's no reason to not be laid back about it. Mm-hmm. You know, if we're all stressed out about it. It's not really going to help anything. No, you know? no, not at all. And he's been doing it for a long time. I think he knows what he's doing at this point. You know, he knows what to do. So he's going to be mellow about it. Did it feel like you're standing on ceremony after doing the whole touring and seeing how the fans react to the songs and, and knowing at that point, especially how celebrated these films are, especially Halloween? I don't think you can really think about all that. Yeah. Uh, it's more about, okay, we have a job to do. Uh, you talk to the director. He's super cool and has the same sensibilities that we do. And that's really the only focus you can, i don't think you can think about all the outside stuff you know did you um, did you score to screen or was it more mostly just yeah to, oh wow it's all to picture yeah interesting interesting kind of uh, i think the original halloween was done in one day yeah <laughs> no no three days yeah and i don't think it's and it's not to picture yeah so that's, that's i think a, maybe once someone had a stopwatch or something and they would time it out that way 
Did you um revisit the old ones at all for this? I, I don't know what I'm allowed to say about what we did, but we did. I can't remember if I'm allowed to say anything or not, but <laughs> it had. Fine. I can't remember what I said before. I want to try and remember. I don't want to get in trouble. Uh, <laughs> we, I think fans of the original score will be happy with this. We'll enjoy this. You know, we definitely we use a, a mix of all kinds of synths and all kinds of fun stuff. So yeah, because it does feel like a bridge for sure. When you go and take this, you know, live, are you planning on doing? a lot of tracks off the album or are you just going to kind of stick to this theme do you think uh we might add something from the movie yeah we might yeah you should uh definitely push him to do uh some deep cuts because i know he was last year he was like they just the fans just want to have the hits and i'm like <laughs> i'm like yeah but these fans are like diehard fans like they're if you played like the sixth track off of like big trouble in little china i'm sure people would go like they lose their <laughs> shit during it In terms of like your relationship with him, I mean, were you a fan of him of his movies growing up, or did you like catch up with him like after you had met him? How he became my godfather was that yeah. my dad was a fan of his work, and they became friends. So those movies were always around. Yeah, so I'd seen all the movies, and then later when I was a teenager, I mean, he was working a lot mm -hmm. during that time, and yeah. um, just kind of always around and. I mean, when you're a kid, you're kind of oblivious to all that stuff. Yeah. Um, we just hung out all the time and watched movies and had movie night and played video games, like what kid stuff, you oh, know? And then, uh, then, yeah, then you start learning about movies. I've always been interested in movies. And, uh, you know, we would sit and he would sometimes, you know, we would watch Apocalypse Now and then he would say like, <laughs> why is that scene good you know like why is that why does that work and turn like kind of film school stuff where he would turn off the sound and you know you see how what what the music does here or what the sound effects are doing and you know or we would watch psycho or and he would we would kind of analyze kind of show me like why this is scary you know wow. and kind of go through shots and different movies and i was always asking questions about movies and you know, but then I went off and was in a rock band and touring and doing that thing. And then came back and realized that scoring and composing was what I really wanted to be doing. Well, that's a, sounds like a hell of a goddamn upbringing. <laughs> like you get to have your own film school for basically with, uh, with yeah. that's, that's wild. That's wild. Well, thank you very much. And um, hopefully we cross paths in the future for sure. Cool. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah, have a good one. All right, you too. Later. All right, illuminating stuff there. Again, you know, Daniel Davies, when you think about the history he's had, <laughs> yeah. because his father, again, Dave Davies from the Kinks, and Dave Davies worked on the score for In the Mouth of Madness with yeah. John Carpenter 25 years ago. So he's keeping it in the family. A little rock and roll in that soundtrack. It's pretty awesome. Well, let's talk to another rock and roller. <laughs> let's do it. What's his name again? Uh, I believe his name is Jonathan Carpenter. We'll call him John. Yeah. Hit it, John. Hi, is this uh, Mr. John Carpenter? It is. 
Hey, this is Mike Rothman, uh, Editor-in-Chief of Consequences Sound, and I'm here with my film editor, Dom Suzanne Mayer. It's very nice excellent, to make your acquaintance. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Hey. How are you guys? Doing all right. Doing good, yeah. All right. Just uh, having a couple of beers, I guess. <laughs> Already, it's a little early, but we were just kind of chilling out. But um, well, I guess I'd start off with just the the new score. I've uh, I'd, we've been listening to it for the past couple of weeks and absolutely love it. Uh, I haven't ha- had a chance to see the new movie yet, but um, just listening to it, it just seems so. It, it's very vicious, uh, but um, <laughs> you know. Okay. Well, when it came time to like actually start scoring. Was it hard to kind of find that that dance between sounding like yesterday or today? Like, did you like did you try to avoid sounding vintage coming into this one? Well, it wasn't that hard. It, it I knew that what we wanted to do was combine some of the old themes with, with brand new music, and then we wanted to modernize everything because the technology today is so incredible. Mm-hmm. The on synthesizer it's just unbelievable the sounds you can get. So uh, that part wasn't hard. Uh, then we uh, had spotting sessions with David Gordon Green, had the movie, and he told us what he wanted in the film, in each scene. And he's very musically literate. He, he, mm-hmm. he can talk about it. We talk about, well, what do you want the audience to feel here? Uh, what do you want? Do you want this darker, or a little bit lighter? What do you feel? And uh, he would tell us. We'd take notes and then off we went to score and we tried to support david's vision so you got to score to film or was it mostly just pieces or a score to film totally had the movie on the computer yeah every frame the original halloween was done in three days and it was we did i did four or five themes in 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 that time Mm -hmm. and i just cut them in in various places but now it's just a whole different ball game was a there whole different ballgame. Was there ever any talk about doing that for this one? To because I know he was, I know he was trying to capture the original feel as much as possible, and I, I wonder if that was something that he was thinking of maybe doing. Like you know, just go in and do your own thing, and then come back out with it and see what happens. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't. I don't want to do that. Uh, <laughs> okay. No, 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 no. I wouldn't let him do that because uh, you know it's it's uh, <clears throat> you got to have the director uh, guiding you as a composer. Mm-hmm. And what he wants, yeah. You know? In my case, I knew, but uh, but with David, you know, what do you, what do you want here? Or nothing, maybe nothing, which is can be extremely effective. So, no, no, it was uh, it was designed. Well, it's interesting because you know you're coming back doing film score after so many modern composers nowadays have kind of taken on your sound. Have you noticed that over the past couple of years? You've been like, well, that kind of sounds like something I did. Now, you know, I don't really hear that. Uh, Are most of these uh, horror movies that you're talking about? Do they use synthesizer? Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's probably the. That's probably why it sounds so much like it. Is it synth based? But I don't hear anybody doing what I did, really, uh, you know, musically. But maybe I'm wrong. I could be wrong. I'm watching ba- too much basketball. <laughs> that's a, that's a, I was actually uh, going to ask you about some uh, some basketball questions coming in because we got the season starting soon. Do you, so where are you calling from? Uh, we're in Chicago, but I'm not. I'm not a Chicago, Chicago. Bulls fan. I'm not a Chicago. Oh, it's a hard. Wow. It's, it's a hard time being a Chicago Bulls fan right now. Um, not, <laughs> Why? Yeah, we're just we're in a state of um, I don't even know anymore. It's a it's transitional just... time to say the least. <laughs> yeah, 
Well, yeah. now, have you got any? Have you got anybody good? Who do you have? I don't even know. Um, uh, Zach Levine was the one who we shelled out a lot of money for. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, so wow. He, he's kind of the centerpiece of the moment. Yeah. Yeah. And we, okay. You know, we were kind of clean house a little bit ever since like the post uh, Jimmy Butler era. So it's just a little hard to to come back from, I guess, right now. But I mean, you know, there's a lot of hope for the team in the sense because it can only <laughs> really go up at this point. Hope is important. It's important to have hope in life. It yeah. really is. <laughs> I agree. Although you're, so you're a Lakers fan, though, right? Or do you still like? Do you? Well, no, I'm Golden State Warrior was, fan. I'm, a, I'm by the champs. I'm, I, I'm the. <laughs> I'm with the champs here. So you've been, but I'm interested. I'm interested in LeBron. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in what happens. I'm curious about it. Yeah, uh, he's gonna, he has a strange team around him. He I don't really know. does. Yeah, like I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> do you okay. think? Do you think the Lakers make the playoffs next year? At the very least, I don't. That would be that's really interesting. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe. Frankly, maybe. Don't you know, know. It really maybe depends. Be brilliant, and and shame me, but I don't know. Well, I think your team is probably going to win again. Um, I think. I hope so. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> you know, it's a beautiful time to be a Golden State fan, all things considered. <laughs> it is, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not too bad. Not too bad. Well, Steph Curry, Steph Curry is an astonishing player. Oh yeah. 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 Even when he's having his slumps, I mean, he's just incredible. Yeah. So anyway, it's it's kind of like watching magic. Music. Yeah, that's true. But... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, with with Halloween, do you plan on performing the album in full? I know are there pieces from no, this no, one. No, no, God, no, 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 <laughs> no. But we, we're going to do some, we're going to do a cut from it. Oh, nice. But not in full. No, we're going to do uh, basically the what we're doing now is uh, just themes from some of my movies, mm-hmm. and we will do we'll do something from the new Halloween. Absolutely. Do you ever consider having like an orchestra recording of some of your past tracks? Oh, I haven't thought about that. Do you think I should do it? I don't know. It was it was a that was recommended by a fan of ours, but I don't know. It just I think that would kind of be the opposite of what your traditional sound is. But it would be. It you would know? be uh, uh, very different. I don't know if it would be better or worse. You know, the, all those all those movies were uh, recorded on synthesizers, so mm-hmm. that's what they were intended to. And it was intended to sound that way. So I don't know. You know, you've been on tour for a few years at this point. Have you thought about doing like a formal Blu-ray release of your live show? Yes. Ooh. There's going to be a uh, a video of the live show. Oh. Coming soon. You have to be patient. Yes, we'll put out a we'll put out an album. And, yeah. Oh, nice. Are you thinking? Yeah. Is it has the show happened yet, or is it something that's uh, already happened? Uh, I can't. Uh, now you're asking too many details. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. But uh, no, it's uh, we've thought about this a lot. It'd be fun to do so. I believe we're going to do it. Oh, awesome. That's great. Is there a track on either of the Lost themes that you had attached to any projects that you just never got, never saw through, even just like little bits and pieces? No, absolutely not. That was all Lost themes, except for two or three pieces. All of that stuff is uh, improvisations that my son and I did over a period of a long time. Interesting. Okay. That's, that's all. That's what it was. That's how we got the record deal. No, it was all uh, music down in my, down in my music group. No what? movies attached. Interesting. Are you thinking of doing a Lost Themes 3? Thinking about it, working on it. Oh, nice. nice. So you've definitely, like, this has really reignited just the spark for music again. Oh, yeah. hell yeah. Are you kidding? It's fabulous. Yeah. 
this is easy. It's, it's much easier than directing. Man. Well, and I was going to oh, ask man. on that basis, what, what are some of the things you like about the recording process as opposed to filmmaking? <laughs> Where shall I begin? <laughs> uh, well, the work of a director just from beginning to end uh, is it's like working in a coal mine. Mm. It's that's the kind of uh, difficulty it is, but not just physically, emotionally, and the stress and the anxiety that goes on for every director. And they, they, uh, everybody, they'll deny this because they want to see macho. Oh, we had a great time. Fuck that. <laughs> it's rough. This is rough shit. So uh, the, these are only tough guys that, that last a long time in the movie business. They're rough and tumble. And after a while, I just got, got tired of it. I have no life. But music, oh, are you kidding me? Uh, you know, the, the touring and appearing in front of audiences can be a little stressful occasionally, but it's, it's really joyous and fun. But the recording, oh, it's awesome. Yeah. It is awesome. So how often do you record? Well, it depends. If, you know, whenever I get an idea. Got a piano upstairs here, and we have a three-story house. So the bottom story is uh, got a, a, the, the uh, music set up in there, but on the top story is a piano. So if something will occur to me, play it, run down there, and commit it to uh, the computer. Oh, that's awesome! Is that where you recorded uh, both lost themes? Yeah, that's where we recorded uh, the the Halloween soundtrack. Oh, awesome! Awesome. Is that is that where Daniel Davies recorded his album also, or is it did he do that somewhere? No, he he's oh, he recorded it at his place. Oh, sweet. he has a similar setup. Oh my gosh, you guys are all doing it together, Jesus! I know. Oh, I know. Oh my gosh, it never ends. Uh, that's awesome. That's that's great. Can't get enough of this. I love infinite supply of this. But um, you know, when you're going into uh, David Gordon Green's Halloween, you know they brought back Nick Castle. They they brought back like every type of, I mean, anything that they could find to bring it, make it as closely tied to the original. Was there any consideration to have you even just direct a scene, or did you ever feel that? Even no, like, God, no, oh no, 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 never. But you were pretty. I wouldn't want to do that because the style would be so different. David has his own style. That wouldn't work. Yeah. I just read today, though, that you actually gave some good feedback about not having to recreate the whole ending for the original. And it seems like you're, were you there on set when you were filming or was it just kind of like, did you pop? No, no, that's what, that's at the script stage. That's, uh, I read the script. I had just had a couple, I had one big suggestion, but my input was just to help. Yeah. I just thought that would, that would, the audience would, the audience and the fans wouldn't, wouldn't dig it i don't know maybe if they would have but uh i talked him out of it with everyone with it being such a big reunion did it feel weird being on another halloween project without deborah hill did you kind of no feel... it wasn't it wasn't like that it wasn't like that you know deborah was not involved <clears throat> deborah wasn't with us when uh, rob zombie did his version yeah that's true so so it wasn't it, it wasn't like that what about the concept of maybe directing the Halloween game or any of your films uh, to, to kind of be adapted to a game? Would you? Has there ever been any talks about that? Oh, you know, people spring that out every once in a while, but no one's ever, no one's ever said to me, "Okay, we have a big pile of money here, and we want <laughs> you to do X, Y, and Z. Let's do it." No, it's always been armchair, you know, uh, warrior stuff. 
which one do you think would actually work the best as a game? I don't know. That'd be, it'd be interesting. I, I do know that uh, you could make a great game out of Big Trouble in Little China oh because you could fight all the way through it. Yeah. Fighting. Oh my God. It'd be a Streets of Rage type situation. Yeah. yeah. That would be a blast. Yeah, there you go. That would be a blast. And, uh, but yeah, that, I could think of that one. And you could also do something cool with Halloween, too. You know, there, what was the game they had out uh, recently where people were going crazy for it? The horror game. Oh, um, uh, was it Friday the 13th? Yes. Friday? Yeah, that came out, uh, I think it was either last summer or the summer before that. And right, right, right. Oh, the people love playing that. Oh, yeah. And it was so, very indebted yeah. like, to the, the series. Like, they brought back so many people um, into that. And then I guess they got in trouble with the rights, and so they had to shut it down. Oh, well, did they? I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. It was like, oh. oh, well, I guess we didn't tie up with that uh, immediately. And so that kind of... Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. No, you have to... Yeah. yeah, like everyone logged oh, in, they're wow. like, "Oh, it's gone." Um, okay, well, there oh goes. dear. Do you guys, uh, uh, you guys into Fortnite at all? I have not. No, I've dabbled in it just last week. Actually, it's funny you mention. Is that something you're playing right now? Yeah, I've played it a bunch, and it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's ruthless game, man. How are you Everybody doing? Everybody else is ruthless. I was going to say, how are you doing against all the kids who are incredibly skilled? Well, not well, it? you know. Not well, I just try to run and hide somewhere. <laughs> It'll kill me. <laughs> well, that's, uh, yeah. Look, so what other games are you playing right now other than that one? Well, I'm waiting for the new Fallout game, which is coming, I guess, next month. Yeah. So I'm replaying Fallout 4, which I love dearly. Love Fallout. Uh, and I want to I uh, play the new Assassin's Creed game, the Greek game, not the... The I didn't think the Egyptian thing worked very well, the Origins game. Yeah. But I'm playing, let's see, actually I'm playing an oldie, uh, Jack and Daxter, if you're familiar with Oh, that. yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is an oldie. That's yeah. good. And so they had a collection, of, you know, released in HD in, in 2012, so I'm replaying that. That's a blast. I love, I love revisiting really games. Fun. Love them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I almost just I have like an old NES game uh, system and I just have been dying to play like Dr. Mario um, the other day. Why don't you play it? You know, it just looks so weird on um, the the NES looks really odd on the uh, the flat screen TVs now. It's just so I need no, to, get, I need to find a the pixels. Tube. I just they're meant just, to look like trash. They're old just, games. It just looks so odd on there. So I just it got it got weird. So I just found a mod and stuff online. But it's kind it, of depressing. You forget how crude that stuff was <laughs> it really is yeah. because the new games are really slick oh my gosh they're, yeah. they're really amazing yeah so anyway onward what, what else do you guys want to talk about you know having been involved with with halloween again and working with blumhouse do you think they would ever consider going your original route of maybe even trying the anthology series again maybe? oh i don't think so no nah. i don't think so. they want the guy with the mask killing people that's yeah. what they want and uh okay what in in terms of going back to the original, you know the the songs like Oh Paul and I Wish I Had You All Alone. <laughs> yeah, did, oh Paul. Did you write? Did you write those? Well, now I collaborated with the actress. You know, uh, that was all her stuff. That was uh, uh, Nancy Lewis's stuff. And Jamie came up with uh, uh, all all. What was it? I want you all wish, alone. Just yeah, like that. yeah. That's her song. But I think I suggested the first line of the words. And, no, but that's theirs. That's that's uh, it, they did great. Yeah, that's it's it's funny because I that, that I find myself humming those all the time. And the, <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's like I, I would I would actually like to hear you hum uh, or sing "Oh Paul, I want to give you my all." I would like to hear that. I really would.
you're having a hell of a resurgence right now. And it's not just because of Halloween. All your films resonate 30, 40 years on. And I, is this something you notice? Well, it's out. It's something's out there. I don't know. It's nostalgia, I guess. Especially with the prominence of Shudder. And, you know, you just have like so many indie films that are coming on. You just see a big influence of just when you like, say the prominence of shutter what do you mean well it's just like you know there's just more of like a more proliferation of indie horror than are you talking about shutter the tv channel oh yeah 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 like the streaming network oh wow okay we're, we're talking to them about doing a theme oh really yeah oh we're talking to them. i don't know if they'll let us but we'll see oh that'd be cool that'd be very cool and it's maybe really cool maybe outlet. doing a show for them what oh really you think about prince of darkness as a tv show on shutter that would oh, be wow. that would be pretty badass yeah well, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> they're currently talking about that now, or I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> I, I'm not going to tell you. Well, either way, I, I would be you. down. I would absolutely. That that sounds like a, a blast. I think there's a lot you could go with that. Um, with that with that oh, story. Yeah. Well, I mean, but you know. I don't know why, guys. I don't know that. There's a general feeling about nostalgia these days. I think uh, it was a big giant hit. Do you believe that? I know. It. Yeah. Giant. The clown movie. The clown movie. <laughs> the clown movie. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. Well, yeah. How have, you, how have you kind of seen nostalgia change between when you were kind of in the thick of filmmaking and how do you see it now as compared to then? God, I, that's a great question. I don't know. I think it's, diff, it's different, but I don't know. I, because everybody nowadays has lived through the... Uh, videotape revolution, the home theater revolution, okay? So a lot of these movies have been seen at home, been rented, been downloaded. But when my day, we didn't have that. You know, that wasn't, that didn't exist. So it's a different, nostalgia is very different. I, I don't really know other than that. Well, and it seems like you're seeing it as kind of a little more personal now, a little more intimate almost. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but I'm not much of a sage on modern movies. I really don't know. I have no idea. What do you guys like? Love Jeremy Sonner. He did a, a Green Room. Have you seen Green Room? No, I haven't. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, that's a, okay. a, a, a intense, very it's a intense. nasty piece of work. Yeah, yeah. Because he did uh, okay. was it Blue Ruin. Was it the? Yeah, it's. Know? But Green Room is punk rockers squaring off with neo Nazis, <laughs> yeah. and it's it's <laughs> intense <laughs> stuff. But it's oh, fabulous. Okay. It reminds me a lot of uh, Salt and Precinct Thirteen, actually. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> it's very there's they're stuck in a room and they have to get out. They have to f- kind of use their means and they're like it's a ragtag crew that like has to come together on both sides to kind of fight these neo Nazis and it's it's great. Oh, think, great. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you're bored, de- definitely, it's, it's a okay. riveting movie. Well, and on All that right. same tack, we were actually curious, what's some of, I mean, the horror, but also just the film in the past couple of years that you've really gravitated to? What's some stuff you've really loved? Oh, boy. You know, it's, it's thin. You know, I will, I will always, always watch a David Fincher movie, or I will always see a, uh, uh, a Jennifer What's-Her-Name's movie. Uh, oh God! Uh, Silver Linings Playbook. I think she. Oh, Jennifer that. Lawrence. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. oh God. Yeah. I'll always see her movies, and and I'll always watch David Fincher's stuff. I Man, I just think he's a great director. I'll, I'll, I love seeing movies that Hans Zimmer does the score to. Yeah. Ditto. But you know, I'm not a hound. I see the movies that are up for uh, Academy Awards. 
That's because I'm lazy, and they send them to me. That's so, true. You know. I love getting those screeners, though. I mean, we're in yeah. Chicago. No, so. It's great. Oh, it's it? great. Yeah. It's it's amazing because it's like 20 degrees here sometimes in the winter, and I have like a stack of movies I could just be like, all right, I have nowhere to go. I'm gonna absolutely exactly just now. Uh, so Chicago, do you listen to Man Cow there? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But, but I used okay. to know someone that worked with uh, with him for a little bit. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. He's a real nice guy. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. He is. Uh, not on the radio, just in person. Oh, just per- <laughs> on the radio, he is what he is. But... <laughs> that is true. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, I, I like him. I liked it a lot. Yeah, Chicago's a. I, I, I'm originally from Miami, but I just, I really, gra- I love the Midwest, and I just kind of fell in love with it. And um, I actually credit your movie for that, uh, if I have to be honest with you. But um, I, there's just something about the just a slow pacing around here that really speaks but I just love the- you like that huh you like the freezing cold I do because I love wearing jackets <laughs> oh. who doesn't love wearing jackets it's great um, okay alright yeah, uh, yeah that's good I'm glad <laughs> I'm, ha- I'm happy for you well hey speaking of cold um, uh, the you know the thing I, we did have a really interesting question that one of our um, one of our co-hosts actually sent us you know for the whiskeys that you use in the thing you landed on J&B Scotch like what led you to that you know uh I'm I'm not the kind of director who chooses those kind of things, but the the art department, the prop department, they have uh, in it was Universal Pictures. They would have deals with with uh, companies to feature their products. I think that was one of them. I believe that was one of them. I don't know. It just showed up on the set, it filled <laughs> with iced tea. So that's what that's what happened. Nice, nice. We don't really, you know, you know, the actors are not really drinking liquor. You know that. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. m- most of the time. Maybe I would they imagine. are in some movies. Maybe <laughs> yeah. Well, did you um, ever have any plans to maybe try to collaborate with Kurt Russell again in the in the future? Has he ever reached out to you and been like, "Hey, look, you know, can we can we do another you know last hurrah together or do something?" Uh, you know, we get together every once in a while and talk, and we have a a valued friendship. Uh, I would do something with Kurt if it's right. He, I haven't heard from him in a while. I don't know how he's doing, but sure, I'd do another movie with him. But no, he's never called me up and said, "Let's do a last hurrah." No, I haven't heard that. Which, if you could continue either of his stories, which one would you want to continue the most? Oh, if I had to continue an old story, mm-hmm. I don't know. God, I don't know. That's I don't know. Uh, I suppose there's another Snake Plissken movie in the world, maybe. I don't know. You seem to have a lot on your plate coming up. You got the score. You're going to tour behind the score. It seems to be a Blu-ray that's going to be coming out. There's possible connections with Shutter. What is? What are some other things that uh, we could kind of look forward to up ahead in 2019? Oh, I have so many things, but I cannot tell you guys because I've been sworn to secrecy. Does Jason Bloom have any in- involvement in that? I like Jason a lot. He's yeah, fun. he's fun. Yeah, he's a you know he's a he's, he's a great salesman. I'm, I, you know, there's a, a bunch of shit in the works uh, here and there, but I, I never want to talk about it until it's real. Yeah, that's how. And I've it. actually let you guys know things before they're real, and I now regret it heavily. <laughs> I should not have told you. Yeah, well, we but, just uh, drums up the, that hype machine uh, as much as it can. Well, the hype machine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Uh, all right, I've got a fun uh, little last question. Okay, great. So Ready. if the if the NBA called you up. And said, look, we need a new theme. Would you be down oh, to do God, it? Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> I would try it. Oh, I'd try it. That that theme they used to have was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. yeah. I think was it was it John uh, Tesh that did it or is it um I don't know. I don't know. Okay, yeah, we that's... I'd love to I'd love to do that. That'd be great. Well, we will absolutely try to make that happen. But I, I could hear it right now in my head. It would be a whole different feeling. It wouldn't be the kind of college music that they do, but it it would be kick ass. Oh, that'd be great. Oh, that'd be awesome. We got to make that trend. Like that that's got to happen. That's this is Well, you guys have to make it happen. I'll be yeah. here. Yeah. Well, we, we, we definitely will. Well, Thank you so much for you know taking the time to talk to us. Yeah, this thank is, you, really. This has been great. Absolutely, you, guys. It's been fun. And stay warm there in Chicago. We will. And, uh, we will. We will. Stay cool down there in uh, L.A. <laughs> so, I will, baby. So. I will. All right. Thanks, soon. guys. Have a Bye. great day. Righto. Bye-bye. Okay, so that was our special bonus episode of Halloweenies. Thanks again to Daniel Davies and, of course, the master of horror himself, John Carpenter, for talking to us. We've had a couple conversations with John Carpenter over the years, and he's always been a treat. It's always an honor to speak to somebody you've been looking up to for most of your life, you know? Always been a major honor. But either way, we, uh, we're going to uh, continue on this week. We're going to be going into Hallow Green. We've been talking about this long, for a long time. At long last, so that will be the next time you hear us. And again, like we said... Once that episode airs, the you know the night isn't over yet. But no, the night's the, not over. The, pod, the limited podcast series isn't over yet. <laughs> More of the limited pod series yeah. uh, came home, I guess. So, uh, and also, if you enjoyed hearing all about the soundtrack, you can go to consequencesound.net where you can read my review, my glowing review mm. of this album. So, uh, very exciting. Very exciting, and, and so, get that uh, score. I'll just say one thing: lock your doors, bolt your windows, and turn but keep that vinyl player going because well, yeah, uh, you've got, you've got, got some stuff on electrical sockets external bye bye Consequence Podcast Network.